Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Well, today is part three of our three-part sermon series that we're in, and uh, I've titled this sermon series, Words. And in week one, I titled the message, Words Are Powerful. And we learned how our words are like dynamite and how our words can explode and how our words have the power to speak life over people and situations or to speak death into people and situations because our words are powerful. And in week two, I preached a message that I titled, Words Are Expensive. And we learned how our words are not cheap, how our words can cost us things. And we learned how... Whatever comes out of our mouth is usually a reflection of what has gone into our heart. And we learn that whatever goes into our heart, when life presses us, will come out in the things that we say. That's why I love the verse that's found in Psalm 19, verse 14. It says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And so today I've titled the message, this is part three, Words Can Bite. If you haven't received your sermon uh, notes this morning, you could lift up your hands long enough and they'll be happy to hand out some sermon notes. If you're joining us online, we have our sermon notes online as well, so you can go out there and get those sermon notes. But I feel like this will be a great uh, tool for you to have beyond this day so that we can reflect on some of the principles that we're going to learn today. But let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to join us and to bless our time together. God, we love you so much. And Lord, we felt your presence in our time of worship, our time of communion. And Lord, even our, uh, our, even our, our uh, video announcements were anointed. And so God, I just pray that you would anoint our time together for the preaching of your word. Lord, I pray that there would be change that would result out of your word and out of you speaking to us. These aren't my words. These are your words. Anoint our time together in Jesus' name. And everyone said aloud, amen. Amen, amen and amen. Uh, you know, our oldest daughter, when, uh, when she was a baby, when she was first born, she made parenting really, really, really easy. Our, our oldest daughter, when she was born, we would take her to the movies. We'd take her to restaurants. We would take her over to friends' homes to go visit. And it was super easy. We didn't have to worry about her. She didn't get into things. She was always such a great baby and a wonderful, wonderful toddler. And my wife and I would oftentimes look at each other and just think, man, we are phenomenal parents like we just know what we're doing we just got it going on we're just the greatest of parents ever and and then we had Jordan and uh, that was completely different it was not the same Jordan gave us a run for our money Jordan was mischievous he would get into things he would he would he would I mean he was a whole nother deal and we would go to the gym. We work out quite a bit. We'd go to the gym uh, about five times a week or so. And when we first had Jordan, we would, right around when he was two years old, we'd drop him off in a nursery, and we would go and work out. And the child care, at times, would, we would be working out, and within 20 to 30 minutes, the child care would call us, and, and they would call us over the PA system. And people are raising their hands, and some of you know what I'm talking about. This PA system, you guys, is not anonymous. This is not an ambiguous type of PA system. This PA system is in the entire gym. It's in every square foot of the entire gym. It's outside of the gym. It's out there by the tennis courts. It's by the swimming pools. It's by the spa. It's by the, by the steam room. It's upstairs in the cardio room. This PA system is loud. And my wife and I would be working out, and we would hear this all the time. 
with the parents of Jordan Jimenez, please join us in the child care. With the parents of Jordan Jimenez, please come to child care. And I got to be honest with you. There were times where, you know, as parents, when you hear other parents being called in the PA system, you kind of stop working out and you look and see who is it who has to go and get their bad kid. I mean, they're terrible parents, you know. And, and there were times where I'd hear my, my name and I would walk over and I would go over to the drinking fountain hoping that, because it's a little bit closer to the child care, you know, I'd, I'd get a drink and I'd look around when it looked like people stopped looking and I, then I'd walk over to the child care and I'd walk in there and, and they would say, hey, you've got to take Jordan home today. He's, he's gotten in trouble and you could, you could bring him tomorrow. It's just a one day thing. He just can't come back until the next day, until tomorrow. So we would take him home, and then uh, we would do the rest of our day, but then we would go back the next day, and we would drop him off in child care, and it became a thing with my wife and I, like, I wonder how much of a workout we could get in today before we get called, you know, it's like one of those types of things. I remember this one particular time, we dropped him off into the child care, and, and we walked over to, at first I thought they had my son on the screen, I was like, oh, is he in here? Ooh. I don't know if I could share this story second service. All right. So we would, I, would drop, I remember this one particular time I dropped him off into child care. We went to go work out, and we're working out. And then about maybe 30 minutes later, we hear, Would the parents of Jordan Jimenez please come to child care? Would the parents of Jordan Jimenez please come to child care? And so my wife and I, we do the walk of shame. You know, we walk over to the room, and, and we ask them, Hey, we're the parents of Jordan Jimenez. What, what, what's going on? And, and this lady, she was visually upset. She said, Jordan, he bit another kid, and, and he, he bit them so bad that, that they started to bleed. And she got really upset. She said, You guys can't bring him back for six months. He is suspended from the gym for six months. And for six months, we could not work out with Jordan at the gym because he hurt someone, and we just knew that he bit someone so hard it was going to create a scar there on that other person. Our gym does not tolerate, tolerate kids biting other kids. Our schools do not tolerate kids biting other kids. Our society does not tolerate kids biting other kids. But you know what our society does tolerate? Our society tolerates adults biting other people with the words that they use because of the words that they speak to one another. And our words hurt, and our words can leave scars. And one of the ways that people demonstrate a lack of self-control is by biting other people with the types of words that they speak on a daily basis. And all of us have bitten other people with the words that we've used, haven't we? All of us have been bitten by other people by the words that they have spoken to us, and all of us have scars to prove it. And today I want to show you two ways we use words to bite other people. The first way is with gossip. So number one, let me show you how to recognize gossip. Because if we want to stop gossip, we first have to learn how to recognize gossip. There were three different pastors that wanted to go on a retreat together. They were close friends, and he wanted to deepen their relationship. So once they landed to the place where they were going, they got to the retreat center. One of the pastors said, hey, let's, let's deepen our relationship together. Let's confess. Let's have a confessional with one another. Why don't we confess our greatest struggles to each other? And one of the pastors said, okay, that sounds good. I'll go first. You know, my greatest struggle is that I get angry. I have an anger problem. I always get angry with, with people whenever they, I feel like I've been wronged. I, I blow up at them, and I just get angry. I let them know how I feel about it, and I got an anger problem, and pray for me. I need you guys to pray for me. 
The second pastor, he says, well, I'll, I'll go next. And I have a, a negative problem. I'm, I'm always negative. Whenever something happens in my life that is a bad situation, I get so negative and, and my thought life, it gets so negative. I start thinking about all the worst possibilities that could possibly happen because I'm just a negative person. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. The two guys look at the third person and the third pastor, he's looking down and the two guys say, well, aren't you going to go next? Or you you got to share what your struggle is. Believe me, we can handle it, whatever it is. We can handle whatever your greatest struggle is. He says, are you sure that you want me to share my greatest struggle? And they, yes, yes, it's your turn. Share with us. There's, there's confidence here. There, there's safety right here. We're not going to tell anyone what you struggle with. And he says, okay, well, I have a problem, a problem with gossip and I can't wait to get out of here just so I can put on social media all of the things that you guys struggle with. I can't wait to put it on Twitter. I can't wait to put it on Facebook. I just can't wait to tell everybody about the things that you guys struggle with because, man, I'm a gossiper. I'm a gossiper. I'm a gossiper. And gossip is when we share information that someone asked us not to share. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19 says, a gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. Gossipers are always talking about other people's business. They're always enjoying talking about other people's faults. They love revealing embarrassing details about other people's lives. They love sharing about people's lives even without their consent or their knowledge. They talk about them. And here's what I've learned about gossipers. That they love sharing information about other people even when they don't even know if it's true. Hey, 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 here's what I heard. Let me tell you what I heard. And I don't know if this is true, but let me just tell you what I think. And, and people will go around and telling what they think, even though they don't even know that it's true. And Proverbs 26 and verse 22 says, The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. And some gossipers will try to sound spiritual by turning the information they just heard into a prayer request. What did you hear about John Doe's children? I mean, they don't even want to go to church anymore. And I know why. Because he's always yelling at them. He's always upset with people. And, I mean, I don't know. He treats his family poorly. I, I, I mean, but, 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 but let's just pray for them because they could really use our prayer. And then how about when the fellas get together and they say, hey, guys. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but John Doe told me that they stumbled into sin again. And, and, and I'm just telling you guys because you're a mature group of people. And, I mean, let me tell you about all the stuff that they struggle with. And, and, and let me just tell you something. If you share things in those contexts, you're not helping the person out. That's not a, that's not a prayer request. That's called gossip. Don't try to turn a, a spiritual situation into gossip. Don't turn gossip into a spiritual situation because gossip is the devil's radio. Don't you be his DJ and play that stuff. It's not going to help you. Number two, the second way we bite people is with slander. And I want to show you what the second one is. It, it, this number, point number two is how to recognize slander. And here's a definition of slander. Slander is when we speak something false about someone else to hurt them. Slander is gossip's twin. They're linked together. To slander is to, is to speak evil about someone. Gossip is to spread information about someone else that they did not want you to spread. But slander is actually sharing information about someone with the intent of damaging their reputation or their character. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 18 says, Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. And the word here of fool describes a person that knowingly spreads information and lies about someone else, 
but does not even care that they're spreading that type of information. Here's another definition of slander, and this is a biblical definition. Slander is when we speak something true about someone else to hurt or to damage them. Not everything that is true should be shared. Preach that, Pastor Gary. Preach that. That's a good point. Listen, not everything that is true should be shared. Slanders love sharing information about other people and about other people because they love putting people down and raising themselves up. They like talking about other people so that they can feel better about themselves. But it's when we talk about other people saying the wrong types of thing, but the wrong, but with the wrong motivation. It might even be talking truth about other people, but with the wrong motivation to hurt them, not to help them. And here's a biblical example of slander. Psalm 35 and verse 15, it says, but when I stumbled, catches, he's saying, but when I stumbled, they gathered in glee, assailants gathered around me without my knowledge. They slandered me without ceasing. And the psalmist here is saying, it's true. I stumbled. I failed. I did something wrong. But then there were people that came around me that were happy that I stumbled. And they began to slander me and they began to look at my stumble and use it in a way to hurt me and to cause pain. And if we are always looking for people to put on blast, that is having a slandering problem. So have, have, have you ever seen a social media posts like this where you go on social media and people will slander other people? And the social media posts will look like this. They'll say, Man, I sure wish someone else in my family would help me clean the house. I mean, I'm the only one that ever helps to clean the house around here. And, and all of us are thinking, we know who your family is. Like, we know who you're married to. We know who your kids are. And just because something is true, yes, you might have the most slobs for, for family members. You might have some slobs in your family. It might be true, but just because something is true doesn't mean it should be shared. And if, it's, and if it brings harm and hurt, then it's actually called slander. Have you ever been in school, young people, where, where, where there's a project that's going to come up and, 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 and the, the teacher says, you got to pick a partner, and you think, well, I don't want to be a partner with that person because they don't ever work to do any hard work and they get F's in the class. I don't want to be their partner. And listen, it might be true. They, they may not do hard work. They may not be very smart. But just because something is true doesn't mean it should be shared. And if it hurts, it's actually called slander. Have you ever been at work before where your boss, where, where someone makes a mistake and your boss comes up to you and says, man, you know what? That person made a mistake. Don't do that the way that they did it. And, and your boss totally demeans them. It might be true. They might have made a mistake. But just because something is true doesn't mean that it should be shared because if it brings hurt, it's actually called slander. Slanders are insecure people who speak about other people and about and, and they love to speak about other people to raise their own status to demean other people slanderers are constantly trying to push other people down to lift themselves up so that they can feel better about themselves and they're always trying to look to make other people look bad so that they can make themselves look really really good how many of you know people like that in your own life they're always talking about other people and using other people as examples all right, Pastor Gary, so now that we know what gossip and slander is, what's the problem with it? I mean, why should we not slander people? Why should we not gossip? Why, why, is there even a, why is that even a problem? Why is that an issue? Well, I'm glad that you asked because the Bible has a lot to say about gossip and slander. It has a lot to say about this topic. Here's a problem. Number one, the problem with gossip and slander is they separate friendships. 
Let's take a look at Proverbs 16 and verse 26. It says, A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. Gossip and slander can deliver such a strong bite that it can separate even the closest of relationships. It can destroy relationships in our families. It can destroy relationships at work. It can destroy even the closest childhood relationships. It can destroy families. Number two. Another problem with gossip and slander is this. They infect our life. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 8 says, Listening to gossip is like eating cheap candy. Do you really want junk like that in your belly? What he's saying is that gossip sounds really good. I mean, it might feel really good to talk about someone else so that we can make ourselves feel better. It might feel really good to slander someone and say something that is actually true about them just to make ourselves look a lot better. But at the end of the day, it will infect our bodies just like cheap candy. When I was younger, and I was, uh, when I was younger, I used to live in front of this man-made lake. And uh, this man-made lake was a nice lake, but it, it was winter time at this particular time. I invited some of my friends to come over. I had two of my friends to come over to the house. And it was right after, a couple weeks after Halloween, so it might have been around no, the middle of November, somewhere right in there. So it was cold outside. I invited them to come over, and these two friends and I, we would always come up with fun games to play. We would come up with, uh, like, things to play for, like, contests and, like, to have camaraderie with each other. We would make everything into a contest. So I had all this candy at my home, and I looked at my two friends. I said, hey, guys, let's have a candy-eating contest. And so we had all this candy left over, and so I put the candy in front of us, and I said, you know, you know those friends that you get together with, and you just start making up these fun games? And I remember saying, all right, here's the rules of the game. So it's a made-up game, and now I'm making up rules, you know? So I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a candy-eating contest. In round one, all of us are going to eat one piece of candy. In round two, all of us are going to eat two pieces of candy. In round three, all of us are going to eat three pieces of candy, and so forth. So we, st- we start uh, talking about the rules, and I said, all right, just to make things even more enticing, here's what we're going to do. Whoever wins, you know, whoever doesn't tap out, whoever can eat the most amount of candy, they're the winner. The two other people that lose, whoever taps out, decides they can't go on, they're going to have to jump into the lake outside. And remember, it's wintertime, okay? It's freezing out there. So we all agree. So now we're eating candy. And, and round one, you know, I get like a little Snickers or something. And, man, that, that Snickers was so good. I mean, at first, this candy was really good. We go to round two, and we have two pieces of candy and so forth, all the way up to about round 15 or so. And by the time that we get to round 15, yeah, you understand how many pieces. That was 120 pieces of candy that each of us ate individually. 120, 120, 120. 360 pieces of candy had been eaten by 15th round. All of us are feeling sick. We're like, oh, man, I don't know how many more rounds I can go. I mean, we're, we're starting to, like, feel like we might throw up. We're starting to feel sick. I mean, I am feeling so off. I'm just like, I'm not feeling good. But you guys know how competitive I am. And in my youth, I was a lot more competitive. So I wasn't going to lose to these guys. So we keep on going. And I don't remember how many more rounds we went. But at some point, my two friends, they tap out. I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. I can't go anymore. And I'm telling you, all of us felt sick. They tap out. So I'm like, yes, I'm the winner. And so now they got to go outside and jump in the lake. 
And just to rub it in, I went to the closet. I put a jacket on. I said, hey, guys, it's really cold outside. I, if I'm going to go out and watch you jump in the lake, i got to put on a jacket. And, and we went out there. I saw these guys jump into the lake. I won. I'm so happy to tell you I did not have to jump into the lake. I was the winner that day. But if I'm being honest with you, i got to be honest and say I don't really know if there were any winners that night because all of us felt sick. <laughs> we felt disgusting. We felt sick on the inside. Sure, when I started eating those pieces of candy, oh, it tasted so good. At first, it made me feel really good. It, it, it was exactly what I needed. But then after some time went by, it made me sick on the inside. It infected my body. It infected my life. And that's exactly what gossip and slander does. Oh, it might feel good for a little bit of time. Oh, it might feel good to put other people down so you could feel good about yourself. It might feel good at first, but it's like candy. Do you really want that junk in your body? Because it will really infect your life. Number three, the third problem with gossip and slander is that they affect our community. They affect our community. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 20. says, For I am afraid that when I come... I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there will be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, and look what makes the list. Slander, gossip, arrogance, and discord. And Paul is saying that slander and gossip have infiltrated their church community. And he's saying this is a problem because if it's affected our church, then it'll affect our schools. And if it affects our schools, it'll affect our workplaces. And if it affects our workplaces, it'll affect our children. And it'll affect our families. It'll affect everything that we're a part of. And a lot of our problems would begin to disappear if we would learn how to talk to each other instead of learning to talk about each other. Come on, someone say amen. The Bible shows us a very clear biblical example on how we're supposed to talk to each other whenever we have conflict in our life. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15, it says, if another believer, and notice how that starts that. It says, if another believer, in other words, if we're Jesus followers, if we're calling ourselves Christians, if we've, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are, we are believers. So if we call ourselves believers, then we, there, we should act a certain way. But if we're a part of the world, then it doesn't matter. We can go ahead and gossip. We can go ahead and slander other people. But if we call ourselves believers, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Therefore, he governs us differently. He prompts us. He convicts us. He pricks us. There's certain things that we should not do because the presence of the Holy Spirit is in our lives because we call ourselves believers. So if we call, if we call ourselves believers, there's a certain way that we should act. And here's what the Bible says. It says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If that, if that person listens and confesses it, you will win that person back. And the, and the Bible is teaching us a relationship principle, a biblical relationship principle. The Bible is saying that if one Christian is, has an offense with another Christian or has to, a problem with another Christian, for that person to go to them privately together so that they can begin to talk things out. In other words, don't just talk about people, but talk to people. 
And if we would learn to talk to people instead of talking about people, then a lot of our school problems, a lot of our relationship problems, a lot of our financial problems, a lot of our school problems, a lot of our family problems, a lot of our community problems would begin to dissipate. Because if we learn to talk to people instead of about people, it will change everything about those relationships. Number four, the fourth problem with gossip and slander is they damage other people. And Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 16 says, Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. And when we gossip or slander people, we can cause damage in their life. There was a young boy who had a really bad problem with uh, speaking bad about other people. He had a bad problem about gossiping and slandering all, a, a bunch of other people. I mean, this was a constant thing that he did every single day. And the dad noticed this about his son, and he said, Hey, son, here's what we're going to do. I went out and I bought a box of nails. And every time that you speak bad about someone, that you slander someone, or that you gossip about someone, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a hammer and a nail, go out to the fence in the backyard, and I want you to hammer in a nail for every single time that you speak bad about someone else. And so that first day, he hammered in 20 nails. I told you, he was bad. He, was, he, was, he, was, he would always talk about people. The second day, a little bit less. The third day, a little bit less than the second day, and so on, until he finally got to the, to, to the time where he went two days without having to put a nail in the fence because he didn't say anything mean about someone else. He put, by this time, he had put 82 nails in that fence. A lot of nails. He went up to his dad, and he was excited. He said, Dad, I went two days without hammering any nails. I went two days without speaking bad about someone. And the father said, man, I'm so proud of you, son. Man, I'm so proud of you. Here's what we're going to do next. Every day that you can go without saying something bad about someone else, I want you to go out to the fence and pull out one of those nails. And so every day went by, he did a great job of not talking badly about someone. And every day he went there, he pulled out one of the nails. And 82 days passed, almost three months and he did it. There were no more nails in that fence. He was excited. He went up to his dad. He said, Dad, I did it. I went, I, I, I took all the nails out of the fence. I did it. It happened. And so the dad was so proud. He said, son, I am extremely proud of you. He took him by the hand. They walked outside to look at the fence. And he said, son, I want you to look at that fence. I want you to notice something about that fence. That fence will never be the same. And every time that you gossip, and every time that you slander, and every time that you say something bad about someone else, you hurt them and you scar them, just like the scars in that fence. And it doesn't matter how many times you say, I'm sorry, because the damage is already done. Listen, church, when we lose our footing, we can regain our balance. When we re when, whenever something is slippery, we slip, we can regain our balance. But when we lose our words, we can't, regain, we can't regain it. Whenever we slip up with our mouth, we can't regain our words. And our words can damage other people. Number five, the fifth problem with gossip and slander is this. They reveal if we are trustworthy. Proverbs 11 and verse 13 says, A gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. When John Doe 
speaks badly or says something about Jane Doe, that tells you more about John Doe than it does about Jane Doe. It tells you more about John Doe's character than it does anything to do with Jane Doe's life. And people who gossip and people who slander are not trustworthy people. Number six, the sixth and final problem. And by the way, there are so many different problems I could have told you today about gossip and slander. But I just chose the top six that I wanted to communicate today just for time. Because we could be here all day long talking about the problems with gossiping and slander. But here's a sixth problem with gossiping and slander. They will keep us from God's presence. And I, I was really intrigued to learn how much words are connected to the presence of the Lord. Psalm 15, verses 1 through 3 says this. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? And here's the answer. It says, those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Then verse 3 goes on to say, those who refuse to gossip... Or, who, or harm their neighbor or speak evil of their friends. Did you catch that? Our words can keep us from the presence of the Lord. It can keep us from experiencing all that God has for our lives. And you know what we all need in our life? We all need a fresh blow and a fresh presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. We need more of the presence of God in our lives. We need more of, the, of God's presence in our schools. We need more of God's presence in our workplaces. We need more of God's presence in our children's lives. We need more of God's presence in our families. We need more of God's presence in everything that we do. And unfortunately, so many people jeopardize the presence of the Lord in their life because of the words that they speak to other people. The way that we talk about other people will keep us from experiencing the full depth of the presence of the Lord. Okay, Pastor Gary, so now that we know what gossip and slander is, and now that we know what the problems are, or, or what some of the problems are, what's the solution? Because I don't want to be known as a person that is marked by gossip and slander and by talking bad about people all the time. What's the solution? And I want to give you some applications that you can apply to your life today because I don't just want to preach to your Sundays. I want to preach to your Mondays, your Tuesdays, your Wednesdays, your Thursdays, your Fridays, your Saturdays. It's not enough to act like a Christian on Sunday and just act however we want to act on Monday and through the week. Let's be people that are really poised to really act this out and be successful throughout the week. And so what is the solution? A solution is this. Number one, stay out of other people's business. Here's what the Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13. They learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. And here's what was happening in the early church. People were going from house to house. And people would come up and say, hey, did you hear about what's happening to, to did you hear what's happening to Christina? I mean, did you hear about this? I mean, Gary, they were walking from house to house and say, hey, what's going on with your neighbor? I saw him at church on Sunday, but man, their, his family did not look happy with him. What, what do you think was going on? What do you think was going on? They were walking around and they were gossiping about their neighbors and about all these other things that were taking place. And Paul is saying, don't be busybodies. 
Don't stay busy in other people's business. Instead of being busy with other people's business, get busy with your own life. Get busy with your own goals. Get busy with your own children. Get busy with your own families. Get busy with your own education. Get busy with your own goals. Get busy with your own career. And if we will stay out of, out of other people's lives, and if we will just stay busy with our own lives, we won't have the time needed to meddle into other people's lives. I'm telling you, we'll have more time to please the Lord which is the next point. The second solution to gossip and slander is get busy pleasing the Lord. Busybody gossipers are not busy pleasing the Lord. If we are going to overcome gossip and slander, we have to get busy with living out God's plan and purposes for our own life. And I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us here in the building today. In fact, here at Harvest Church, we're committed for you to fulfill your purpose in life and to fulfill the things that God wants you to do in three different areas. This is found in our mission statement. And our mission statement is this. If anyone were to ask you, what is Harvest Church all about? Here's where we want you to fulfill your purpose in these three things. Loving God, loving others, and becoming more like Christ. Our purpose is much greater than meddling into other people's business. It's much greater than gossip or slander. It's much greater than all of these different things. And if we will stay out of other people's business, then we will have the time needed to please the Lord. Number three, the third solution to gossip and and slander is this. Don't associate with gossips and slanders. Man, that's pretty direct right there. Don't associate with gossips and slanders. And I know what some of you might be thinking right now. Some of you might be thinking, man, Pastor Gary, I'm glad I'm here at church today, but this message isn't really for me. I'm not, I'm not a gossiper, Pastor Gary. I don't gossip. Pastor Gary, I, I don't slander other people. I, I don't do that. I mean, I don't gossip, but I do like listening to it. I mean, oh, man, whenever, I, Pastor Gary, people come up to me all the time. People tell me about other people's business. People enjoy coming up to me. Man, Pastor, I like listening to it, man. I, I like knowing what's going on in other people's lives. And listen to me, if you're the type of person, you might think that you're gifted, Pastor Gary, it's a gift of mine. People just like coming up to me and telling me about other people. I mean, it's a gift of mine. No, that's not a gift. That's a curse. Listen, if, if, if you're the type of person that likes to listen to gossip, you're a part of the problem. I'll show it to you in Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11. It says, but now I am writing to you that you must, it says you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater, a drunkard, a swindler. And look what made the list. A slanderer. Do not even eat with such people. Here's what this is saying. It's saying there are people in your church that are claiming to be Christians. They think they're going to heaven. They think they're real bona fide Christians because they prayed a prayer at some time but they gossip and they slander about other people in the church. But they slander, and the Bible says, don't even associate with those people. Don't even have lunch with those people. Proverbs 20 and verse 19 says, a gossip goes around telling secrets. So don't hang around with chatterers. And these verses are saying, don't even hang around people who gossip or slander. And you might be thinking, well, Pastor Gary... 
Why is it a big deal? Why is that a big deal if I just hang around it? Why is it a big deal if I just listen to the gossip and listen to the slandering? Well, A, is this because God said not to do it. God said don't hang around those people. Don't associate with those people. And how many of you know that if God says not to do something, that's enough reason for me? How about for you? That's enough reason for me. But I've got some other reasons why. If that's not good enough for you, I've got some other reasons I can show you. B, because if you hang around gossipers and slanderers, you will eventually become just like them. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33 says this, Good company corrupts good morals because we will eventually become like the people that we hang around. And C, because whatever gossip, uh, be, oh, C, because whoever gossips to you will gossip about you. And here's something that I've learned about gossipers. If someone is going to come up to you to gossip about someone else, then they'll go up to someone else and gossip about you. I'm just telling every one of us have people in our lives that have had people come up to us to talk about other people. And, and in the middle of those conversations, I can't tell you how many times I've thought to myself, uh-oh, unsafe. They're, un, they're, they're not safe people. If they're talking to me about other people, guaranteed they're talking to other people about you. 100% guaranteed. Number four, the fourth solution is this. Be a part of the solution and not the problem. Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And here's how to become a part of the solution and not the problem. When you're getting ready to talk about someone else, or when someone else is coming up to you to talk about someone else, here's two questions we should ask ourselves. Two questions we should ask ourselves. I don't know why I went for. I went. Four, two questions we could, no, two questions, two questions that we could ask ourselves. Would I say this if the person was here? Hey, listen, if you're about to talk about this person, just think, just take a moment, just take a moment and think to yourself, would I actually say what I'm about to say if the person was standing right here, right in front of me? Would I still talk about that person the same way? Listen, I'm trying to preach to your Mondays right now, okay? These are applications. If you're about to say something, just think to yourself, would I actually say that if that person was actually here? Because the reality is this, that if Jesus says don't do it, I want you to know that Jesus is in their place. And if you were to talk about that person, I want you to know they may not physically be there, but the Lord is there. And the Lord hears you. Don't do it. B, is this building others up. And if it's not, stop the gossip train. If we didn't hear it with our own ears and we didn't see it with our own eyes, then don't invent it with your own words. It's not something that we should all be a part of. All right, here's the last one. And if you're able to stand, go ahead and stand with me this morning. Worship team, you can come, or Pastor Markel, you can come. This is the last and final one. The fifth solution to gossip and slander is direct people to the person who can fix the problem. I want to preach to your Mondays right now. When you go to school tomorrow and someone comes up to you to complain about another student in the class, you're going to have a choice. You're going to have a choice to be a part of the problem or to be a part of the solution. When some of you go to work tomorrow 
and someone comes up to you and says, oh, man, that person's lazy. They always take naps in their office. I mean, they don't do any work around here. You're going to have, you're gonna ha ha have something that you can do. You're, you can either, you're going to have a choice. You can either be a part of the problem or you can be a part of the solution. Because the reality is, sure, you can say, I know. I know. Every time I go into their office, they're always taking naps. They never do any work. I know. I know. Or you can be a part of the solution and you can say, hey, have you ever thought about talking to them and letting them know how that makes you feel? And here's what I've noticed. If that person is not willing to go and be honest with someone else, they weren't looking for a solution. They were looking to, for someone to gossip to. That's what they were doing. It'll make a huge difference in the way that we act with other people. Let's decide today to be people that will be a part of the solution and not the problem. Let's not let these words keep us from the presence of the Lord. I want to remind you this morning that we will disqualify ourselves from the presence of the Lord by the words that we use. And we all desperately need the presence of the Lord in our lives. We all desperately need the presence of the Lord in our children's lives. We all desperately need the presence of the Lord in our schools. We need the presence of the Lord in our government. We need the presence of the Lord in our workplaces. We need the, gut that we need the presence of the Lord in our careers. We need the presence of the Lord in our families. If we want the presence of the Lord to be in our families, the only way that we're going to be able to walk out in a deep, rich communion with the Lord, having the presence of the Lord in our life, is to watch the words that we speak. If we love people the way that we say we love people, then we would watch the words that we use to describe them and to talk about them. So this morning, you might be here today. You might say, Pastor Gary, I didn't realize how much my words have to deal with the presence of the Lord, and I desperately need the presence of the Lord. If that's you here this morning, and in reality, I think we could all say that all of us have gossiped at one point. All of us have slandered people at one point. But now that we know what we know about Scripture and what it says, let me challenge you. Because in reality, if this has been a part of your life, it's going to be easy on Monday to go ahead and just continue to doing, doing the same thing. That first time that someone comes up to you or the first time that someone makes a mistake, it's going to be easy for you to say, hey, you know what, that person did this, and, and here's how not to do it. It's going to be really easy to do that. But now that we know what we know, Let's not just claim to be Christians. Let's not just claim to be believers. Let's actually walk this thing out. And so uh, during this week, when someone comes up to you to complain about someone else or you feel yourself about to complain about someone else, I've done this. I hit a point in my life where I was like, you know what? I'm tired about talking about other people. I don't want to. I remember having a conversation with someone and in the middle of the conversation saying, oh, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. I, I, I I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about them because I'll be just as bad as they are. They're gossipers, and if I tell you about stuff that they do, then I'll be just as bad as they are. I've actually said those words before. So this week, when we live our life this week, be that person. If you feel yourself about to say something or if you're in mid-sentence, just say, oh, you know what? Never mind. Because all of us can use examples without using other people. All of us can better ourselves without putting people down. All of us can feel better about ourselves without talking bad about other people. We don't have to try to just dim diminish other people so we can lift ourselves up. There's other ways to do that. The Bible says that if we will humble ourselves, he will exalt us. How many of you want to exalt yourself? So this week, humble yourself and be willing, be willing to be the type of person that says, I'm not going to talk about people anymore. 
I'm not going to talk to my coworkers about other people anymore. I'm not going to talk to my family members about auntie or uncle and, and Hispanics families. We can do that really, really well. We, right, Mom? We, we all know in our family, man, I can call one of my family members and they're like, híjole, mira, que te digo, mira, híjole, que no te digo, mira. Hey, those of you that speak Spanish, they're like, híjole, mira, híjole, mira, es que ellos nunca hagan it. I mean, they just keep on going on and on, and they'll start talking about other family members. Like, I'm telling you, Hispanics are really good at this, all right? Let's be people that are committed to having the presence of the Lord. Let's trade gossip for the presence of the Lord. Let's trade slander for the presence of the Lord. How many of you want the presence of the Lord in your life? God, you see every single hand here. God, you see every single one of our hearts. And I would never want to embarrass anyone here by saying, hey, who of us deal with gossipers? I would never want to do that. But Lord, all of us can really be touched in this area. All of us at times have fallen for both of these two things, these two problems. And Lord, we don't want to be gossips. We don't want to be slanders. We want to be people that are known for being believers. We don't want to claim to be believers. We want to be actual believers. We want to be people that are be, that are lifted up because we're humble. God, you, you, whenever we humble ourselves, you're the one that lifts us up. And so, Lord, I pray that this week, as we go about our week, that you would help us to not be gossips, not be slanders, but, God, that we would use our words to build other people up, that we would build up our family, that we would build up our friends, that we would build up our coworkers, that we would build up people that we would come in contact with. God, I just pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would work in our lives in such a way that we would be marked with the presence of the Holy Ghost. We are believers in this place. And because we're believers, we have access to the presence of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would convict us, that you would prick us, that you would prompt us in those times when we want to make ourselves look good at other people's faults. And so God, speak to our hearts today. Thank you for anointing our time together and for speaking to our hearts in Jesus' name. And if you got something out of the message today, would you let the Lord know how much you appreciate him today? Amen. 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 I want to pray for another group of people here today. Maybe you've walked in here today and you say, man, I sense the presence of the Lord. And it's been a long time since I felt the presence of the Lord like this. I want you to know that, yes, when you come into a building like this and you feel the Lord's presence, yes, you have access to God. And, yes, you feel the presence of the Lord in your life. But when you leave this place and you, you go from your Mondays through Saturdays, I don't want you to be void of that presence that you feel right now. In fact, it's the presence of the Lord that changes our lives. If you're the type of person that speaks badly about other people, I want you to know that you can change that right here in just a moment because it's God that does the changing. None of us could change ourselves. We don't have any type of ability to change the type of words that we speak. But when we invite Jesus into our lives, he's the one that can change everything about the way we speak. And so today, if that's you, I want to give you the opportunity of, uh, of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And there's a prayer that I want you to pray, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this prayer out loud. I want you to repeat this prayer, but it's not the prayer alone that saves you. It's believing it in your heart that does a save, the saving. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, in other words, if you use your words, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so this morning, I want to pray that prayer with you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, 
and every person in the building, uh, uh, if you need to pray that prayer this morning, I want you to repeat this prayer out loud. And Harvest Church, repeat this prayer also. If you've joined us online, repeat this prayer right there, right from your home. Say, Lord Jesus, I, I came into this church or I logged into this church service and I feel your presence. Lord, I pray that right now you would forgive me of all my sins and all my wrongdoings. Would you give me a fresh start today, Lord? For today, I want to accept you as my Lord and my Savior. So today, I accept you, I believe on you, and I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Come into my life and walk with me every day so that I could be the person you've called me to be. I want to trade out all of these sins for the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said aloud, amen. Amen and amen. Now here's what took place. The Bible says that even when just one person committed their life to Jesus Christ, that all of heaven erupted in praise. So Harvest Church, would you let those people know who prayed that prayer for the first time how much that you rejoice with all the angels in heaven over what's taking place. Amen. If you made that, if you prayed that prayer, you meant it from your heart, there's a card on the back of the chair that says, Welcome to Harvest Church. And on the other side, it says, Information about Harvest Church. If you prayed that prayer this morning, just do us a favor and mark down the box that said, I committed my life or rededicated my life to Christ. We would just love the opportunity of inviting you to come to our New Life 101 class. And so we just want you to come and, and to take a part of that class. But thank you so much, our Foundations of Faith class. Thank you so much for being here, everyone, today on this Labor Day weekend. What a great turn out. Let me just pray a blessing over you. Lord, we thank you for your wonderful presence. Thank you that you are here, that you're speaking to our hearts. It just fills me with so much joy to know that the house of the Lord is getting filled with people that want the presence of the Lord, that people that are committed to walking out your plan for their life throughout the week. So God, I pray blessing over every single one of these people that are here in person or joined us online. God, would, we, would you go with us everywhere we go in Jesus' name. And everyone said aloud, amen. Listen, this Wednesday night is First Wednesdays. First Wednesdays is all about bringing in and ushering in the presence of the Lord. So don't miss out. First Wednesdays, this Wednesday, 7 o'clock, child care is available, nursery is available, children's ministry is available. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.